Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, where we speak with heart-centered thought leaders on pathways to becoming free, sovereign, and authentic. And today I have the delight of being in studio with my guest co-host, Maureen Higgins, who is an intuitive counselor and coach, and she's developed an energetic pathway for healing uh, courses and classes that people can take to learn to self-heal and work with others, as well as providing some energetic healing audios that support people in between sessions to continue their own self-healing process. Welcome, Maureen. Um, Thank you. I'm an honor to be here. It's great to have you. And uh, part of uh, part of your legacy is the School for Higher Consciousness, where you've brought different practitioners who know your work and have been trained in your work, as well as some other offerings together. So thank you as well for um, that brilliant collaboration. And uh, so many people can have access. Well, it really came in strongly that, that we're in a new era where we need to collaborate. Yeah. So that's what got me to thinking about it. I mean, I could have kept it on my website. And I thought, no, it just it just doesn't feel right to have one person, you know, involved in doing all this higher consciousness work. It's really a community effort. So so that's what got me thinking. I really, We need to have a school for higher consciousness where we all can do it together. Agreed. And um, you've been instrumental in helping make that happen. Because I know as the planet shifts into a higher thinking and feeling state and consciousness and humanity does and sentient beings do, we have to release and let go of what has prevented us from being in that frequency more aligned with love. And uh, today we're going to be talking about how we can bring harmony to relationships during cl- during conflict. I can't even say it. <laughs> Help me out here. During conflictual times. <laughs> during conflictual times. Thank you. Couldn't get that out over my voice box, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm working on that myself. Clearly. <laughs> Well, I think we all are. That's the whole point. We're a microcosm of a macrocosm. You know, what, what's going on with each of us individually is happening outside of us. That's why it's so important for each of us doing our inner work helps shift the whole because we're all interconnected, I believe. And a lot of us believe that we're, you know, we're all connected via a giant matrix. I know that Greg Braden came out with a book about it. And I remember thinking about it before that myself. It's like, you know, when, it, when it's time for us to understand something, information pops in for us to to gather from you could say from the higher realms almost like windows of sort opened up with new information and then a bunch of people start accessing it and somebody who's motivated like you know we have some great writers like greg braden wrote something about the the divine matrix and how we're connected i really believe that we are we are connected we affect each other positive and negative and we can we can move it all into the positive agreed and i think that that's um something I've become more and more acutely aware of over, you know, the last few decades, but for sure the last decade and a half as I've done energy work is just how much that web of interconnectedness impacts one another. And so totally, as I change, the people around me change, you know, as I heal, the people around me heal. Um, totally. And I remember thinking like, uh, before that wondering like, well, how can I get that person to change? Like, I don't like that person's behavior or, you know, emotion, you know, their emotional response. And then I learned, oh, the more I do actually my own work, it's like, uh, it ripples out 
and totally. supports other shifts of those I'm interacting with. Totally. Yeah. You know, and that's so interesting you say that, you know, like we, like even our thinking, we have a lot of divided thinking right now as a country, as a world and so forth. And I was just really thinking about it, how a lot of it depends on what we're reading. Like we're all reading different materials on what we think is happening with the world. We're all watching different things on social media and so forth. And, you know, we're all, you know, depending on what you're watching is going to determine a lot of times how you're viewing things. And so I started viewing all the different belief systems and different, you know, different sides of the equation. And I realized, boy, I can see why people would think this way if they're reading this material, if they're watching this on the news. I can see why they think this way if they're looking at this material, this stuff on the news. And I thought, well, so really it's just like, okay, are we going to allow our social media or, you know, some somebody's opinion or however you want to look at it, you know, the news slants or whatever to affect how it affects our relationships. Because a lot of people are getting mad at each other just for watching different news sources, you know, because that's what we're basing our viewpoints on. And it's, you know, I've got friends that think totally different and I'm like, okay, well, they're just watching something different on the news. You know, I'm not, I'm not really a news watcher. I just kind of do a different way of looking from, I just look at a bunch of things you know, on in the internet and so forth. And, you know, that's going to determine how we view things. So why let that affect how we love each other? Why let our, what we're watching or reading affect, you know, whether we think that person's a good person or love that person. It's just a, it's just a news source. Let's not let that affect our relationships. That's what I've come to. I mean, wholeheartedly agree. And I know that the last, you know, five years or so, if not much longer, news is, um, I mean, I, this has actually been happening for a lot longer than five years, but I feel like in the last, you know, three to five years, it's been more acutely present um, mm-hmm. or I've been more acutely aware of it. However, news has been used. Like, I remember seeing a picture. It's a famous old picture. I can't tell. It's a photograph, but of all the businessmen lined up with their long overcoats on and their hats and they all have the newspaper open and the horse and buggy are flying by. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's like one of their first moments of like getting the daily news. Right. Um, And when I think about when news is on, it's on important points of day of the day when humans are shifting their consciousness. It's on in the morning and it's on at night. And so um, dawn and dusk, and that is also where we're making large circadian rhythms shifts in our consciousness from sleeping to waking, waking to sleeping, and how much that informs our subconscious beliefs, which then informs how we consciously act and what we're able to connect into. Um, so I get curious around, like, if we were, it's not that we don't need to know what's going on in the world, but how much of following one strain or another strain has led to this divisiveness or these conflictual times and how much as we become aware of these conflictual times, we actually can step out of that stream of duality and back toward connection. Like, I don't have to be in a fight with those people I love uh, deeply and want to be connected to. Yeah, no, I, I just think I just think of it as just a news information source that they're that they're connecting to. And, you know, I can see why they think that way if they're reading that. 
And I might just suggest that, you know, well, I, I'm, you know, there's different, you know, news sources out there. And, you know, if they're mad at somebody, I've said that to a friend who was mad at another friend because of something she said. And I said, well, I can see why she'd think that because she's reading different news sources than you. And I said, are we going to let the politicians and the news decide who we love and who, how we get along? And she got it. She's like, yeah, you're right. So, you know, she mended that relationship right away. And, you know, I think that that we have to remember that, that it's, it's, it's just a belief system. It shouldn't, it shouldn't inform who we love or I just look at, okay, that's just what they're believing based on what they're reading. That's, that's where I've gone to. And has making that shift uh, freed you? Yeah, it really has. I, I don't, you know, I don't put a, I don't put a whole lot into it other than that. And I, what I'm trying to do personally, because you were talking about it, you know, work on yourself because we're all interconnected. We can shift the whole, I'm, I'm trying to move out of all beliefs at times. Like, okay, I've done this many times in my life where I'll act like I know nothing, you know, let go of all the beliefs that I have best I can. You know, you could say surrender it, hand them over to your higher self, your spirit, your higher power, and then just let kind of let things come in naturally. Because really, we need to think way differently than what we're all thinking in order to change the world, you could say. You know, I, I remember in my early 30s, I really, you know, was going through some, you know, major healing. And I remember thinking, if I keep thinking the way I'm thinking, I'm never going to feel good again. You know, I have to like, get out of the victim thinking and into something totally different if I'm going to feel better. And I feel great now because I feel like I was open to a whole new way of thinking about things. And I think that's what it takes. We can't keep holding on to the old thinking if we want to feel better and different. Yeah, that's well said. And so when you first practiced that in your 30s, you felt relief. Yeah, very much. And then you continue to practice that during times where it gets intense because chances are, I've heard you say this before and I believe it, I believe it too, um, talking about beliefs, they're hard to shift, but chances are what we actually, like we probably don't know the whole of anything, you know, mm-hmm. like we only know a little bit of what is out there. Um, and I think to have a beginner's mind and to be open to like, I don't know the whole truth. I have some curiosities. I've read some stuff. I've studied some stuff, but instead of walking into either or belief systems or I'm right, you're wrong, um, belief systems, maybe I could stay in curiosity and, and surrender you know, what I think I know, to be open to what might actually bring me to a higher level and thinking state and feeling state, which, yeah. No, I agree. I think just letting go of the old, the old belief systems is really what it's going to take right now. You know, if you've had, you know, we've all had, have had hardships in our life, if we start rethinking about what hardships you know, mean to us that it's just like, I always remind myself that they're just experiences. I am not my experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, that we, I think that a lot of times we come into our lifetimes, you know, we're told that life is supposed to go a certain way. Like, you know, you have this certain kind of childhood, then you, you know, you graduate from college, you, you know, work a nice job, you, you know, buy a house and, you know, or, you know, car house, 
have children, you know, like we have this certain trajectory. It's not so the younger people, not so much are thinking this way, but you know, I, I was brought up in the sixties and seventies. And so you have this, this fairy tale that you're following that you're never, ever going to maintain. You're not going to be able to follow that fairy tale. And so if we can just say, okay, this is a fairy tale and we're really here to learn and grow. And if somebody has a lot of really hard things they're going through, it doesn't mean that they don't get it more than somebody who's doing better. That person may have chosen. I mean, I believe we have all these different lifetimes, past, present, future going on. You know, we we pick lifetimes, I believe, to learn more in certain ones than others. So if somebody's having a particularly hard life, it could be that they've they've come, they've signed up to learn more than somebody who's having an easier life. Maybe they they wanted to really understand life in a deeper way, and that's how they've chosen to do it. If they've had an easier life, maybe they've had a hard life before and they right. just wanted more rest. <laughs> maybe it's a, a time yeah, out. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? I know. You never know what's going on with people and, you know, from that multidimensional nature of like our soul is larger than just this lifetime experience. Uh And if our higher self can see all the aspects of our soul, all the lifetimes Mm -hmm. and can see that mosaic of what that soul is working on, who's to say we know like if it appears to us that someone's having an easy life. We don't know what's going on in the other realms for that person. We don't know what's going on in other lifetimes for that person. And um, to stay in kindness and not judgment is another way that I've found myself having to continue to play with so that I don't get into more conflictual energies with those people that I love who may be thinking and seeing things from a much different perspective than me. Yeah. And there's perhaps they're supposed to be thinking that way for now. Maybe they're learning something from it. We're learning from what we're, how we're viewing life. But I think the main thing is, you know, we want to be able to uh, accept that we're all thinking and feeling the way we are based on our old experiences, based on what we were taught as children, based on what we're reading, what we're watching. You know, it's, it's, it's all a mix of those things. And we can let go of all of it and, and move into something different if we choose to. It's not, it takes some practice in letting go. And I always think of surrendering, like handing over the problems to the higher self or higher power, however you want to look at it. And just asking for the higher power, the higher self to bring in something totally new, something totally different that that works, that really works well for me. But I think that's what it's going to take for all of us. If we want to move into something different, we're going to have to think differently. We're going to have to be open to differences and, and accept people for where they're at right now. And feel different. And I also feel like that's a really um, beautiful invitation that we're going to continue to unpack. But that if we can release those beliefs that we're stuck in or the old programming and be open to something new, I get curious how much freedom is around for all of us to move into that higher level thinking and feeling state. A lot. (laughs) A lot. Exploring, this is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Maureen Higgins. We'll be back. At the School for Higher Consciousness, we are committed to raising the level of consciousness on the planet by educating and empowering people to grow, evolve, and live well. We are dedicated to supporting people through this critical time on the planet. 
Our classes provide a path that deeply connects you to your inner power and higher levels of consciousness. We inspire, teach, and empower people to develop the skills and practices needed to energetically heal, grow, and connect more fully to their life purpose. Learn more at schoolforhigherconsciousness.com, schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. At some point, we've all probably felt like we're stuck in a rut when it comes to our health. Whether it's something physical, digestive, or emotional, you may have even gone to the doctor only to feel like the root causes weren't being addressed. So why not try another approach? This is Dr. Erica Way with Beyond Chiropractic. I'm a holistic practitioner that will take the time to empower you to transform so you can manifest your optimal life. At Beyond Chiropractic, we use QNRT, Quantum Neuro Reset Therapy. QNRT resets the brain's response to emotional triggers by addressing past and present trauma. By resetting the brain's response to emotional trauma, you can clear the way for your physical body to heal. Don't let unresolved issues hold you back. Go to beyondchiropractic.com and discover the answers your health deserves. Find out more and how to book an appointment at beyondchiropractic.com. Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Maureen Higgins, who is an intuitive counselor and coach and has developed energetic healing classes and healing audios and the School for Higher Consciousness, where you can learn all of these and access the many resources that um, have emerged from the work you've been doing over the last 30 years. And today we're talking about how do we find harmony, balance, bring in a higher level thinking and feeling state uh, with ourselves, our relationship with ourselves and others during conflictual times um, on the planet and interpersonally. So, Maureen, we were, you know, one of the things that you and I were just chatting about was the presence of social media and how that on how that has uh, made an imprint on the collective consciousness, on communities, and on individuals. Well, you know, one of the things I think about is sometimes people, you know, we, we become addicted to these social media platforms. And, you know, people will look at, you know, how their friends are doing on Facebook and base the happy pictures that are on Facebook on what the reality of that person is. It's like, oh, they have such a happy life. I wish mine was as happy as that. Well, just because they put happy pictures up doesn't mean that they're always happy, you know? So, I mean, it's great to see pictures of people that you love and all that, but to base the reality of that person's life on the pictures, uh, no. I mean, you know, that's that, you know, I, you know, I know a lot of people on Facebook and what they're going through and the pictures aren't going to reflect that. Of course not. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one time, and this is the only time I've seen this. And I think about this a lot where I got this Christmas card, you know, the Christmas card is like, you know, oh, my son is, you know, a scholar at, you know, Princeton University and blah, blah, blah. Well, this lady and they're they're in a well, you know, a a family that's very successful. And she says, yeah, her son, Teddy, you know, was in the hospital for bipolar and he's doing better now. And, you know, their other son was just diagnosed with this or that. And he's doing better now. And we're adapting to this whole new world. And I'm like, wow, I mean. (laughs) 
It's like that was the first time somebody was really honest on their Christmas card. Wow. They're like, good for you. That's that's refreshing. You know? I thought it was refreshing. I'm like, I thought that was really cool. I mean, actually. And talk about vulnerability because I think yes. vul- vulnerability connects us in uh-huh. a way that the veneer and the polish presentation on social media um, or in other realms, cards, mm-hmm. holiday cards, um, mm-hmm. keeps us separate. And yep. um, yeah, that's, I love it. And we're all going to have our day. I mean, just because somebody's having a great time right now that you know, we all have our times of challenge. So to keep in mind that you know, challenges are going to come to everybody at some point. Some people have chosen harder ones, at least in our world. You know, we, Elizabeth and I both think that, you know, we choose what we've come to learn in a lifetime. Yep. You know, we pick it before we're born. Then we, you know, we live it out. We learn, we grow. We are not these experiences we picked. You know, we're, we're divine beings having a human experience. We're not the experiences. If we can keep that in mind, I think that makes a big difference and be opening to, be open to, Learning, I mean, I think of us as either preschoolers or kindergartners in a PhD reality. I mean, sciences are saying way out into the cosmos, we probably know about 2% of what's out there. 98% is unknown. Right around our planet, maybe we know 40% at most about what's there. So there is all this unknown that we're, that is in is there, you know, for us. You know, string theory says we have 11 strings. The fifth string is a no time, no space string. So likely they're talking about 11 dimensions. And, you know, there's so much there that we don't understand. So why are we so locked into these little viewpoints when we know, when we really honestly know so very little? So that's what I remind myself of all the time. You know, I really know very little. Totally. And I think also, you know, going along what you were just speaking about with string theory, if we consider that, that, you know, some of the uh, dimensions and all those strings are from a harder perspective or a lower frequency aligned with more shame, guilt, hatred, all the way up to, you know, love and source, source being able to create everything as it mixes with matter. Um, It helps, you know, one of the things that helps me a lot of times too, is to remember that my soul is having so many different experiences And some of it is because of the here and now in this lifetime. And some of it is because of those other lifetimes where I'm learning different things that my soul needs to bring in its mastery. Yep. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like, okay, my life looks pretty good here, but I'm feeling a little off and I have to tune in and be like, okay, higher self, show me like, is there a lifetime that needs some harmonization? Is there a lifetime that needs some healing? Is yep. there's some past experience in my current life that needs some healing or that I'm ready to digest differently? And I think, you know, one as I've done this work for a long time, not as long as you, but... Um, well, I'm a lot older than you, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least in this life, not as long as you. Um, and yes, we, we are different ages. Um, I've become more aware that I... There is a lot of power in choice of what I expose myself to. Yeah, for sure. Because we have to digest everything. So if I'm reading a stream and it's making me anxious and fearful versus giving me knowledge and insight and resources to change something, that's a that that can be um, an invitation to myself to take a pause, to maybe 
do something to clear what I read, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, so that I'm not bringing that into the subconscious, which is then triggering my conscious life. Mm, Totally. And, you know, like even I've developed all these different healing classes, for example, and they're all based on theories, based on what it looks like. Like I see things in people's energy field and then I write down what I'm seeing. Like I call myself a good scribe. Like I like you are a good working, scribe. Let's say I work. Let's say I'm working on Elizabeth. I'll see something in her field. If I start seeing it in, with enough people, I'll write it down, and then I'll eventually it'll come into a a healing protocol that's that you know people are now teaching through the school. You know the school for higher consciousness. But how I look at it is that if it works for healing purposes, then it's something to go with. But that doesn't mean that's the absolute truth. How it's written. Because I don't, I think that life is much bigger than we can really understand. So I just figure if it's going to make you, if it's going to heal your, you know, heal you, making meaning that you're feeling lighter and better. You're not attached to the past. You're not attached to those experiences that were hurtful or difficult. Then it, then there's something to it that is worth continuing with. But that doesn't mean that that's the answer. I think that the answer is something that maybe none of us will know in in this lifetime because there's much greater heights that we can reach than I think our human self is even aware of. Yeah. I mean, when you say much greater heights, it made me think of like Mount Everest. Like we all think Mount (laughs) Everest is maybe the tallest mountain, but is there more like, you know, and what does that look like? And if we can, uh, if I can stay more open instead of certain, which has been a huge growth for me in the last three to five years, um, so much more possibility opens up and I'm, you know, one of the things that I was really missing in the last few years was being able to talk to people from different perspectives because mm-hmm. it felt like with social media, people got in their own echo chambers. Right. And I took a break from social media from, you know, a few years there until, <laughs> right. Until starting this uh, show and, uh, and on one hand, it's a great connector of getting information out. On another hand, I was feeling like there's this echo chamber and people are no longer talking to each other. Like I grew up in a house, you know, not that my childhood was perfect by any means, but this is one one of the gifts that I really appreciate is there were a lot of times seven of us around the table, sometimes more, and we didn't agree on a lot of things. But we would have conversation, and I don't recommend this. When you're trying to eat, try not to have, like, tense conversation because it hurts your digestion. But we would have conversations where many times we didn't agree with each other. But it didn't mean we didn't love each other. It didn't mean, like, okay, now I'm not going to talk to my brother anymore or my sister or whatever. Um, And it was one of the things that I appreciated where – the place where my kids were, you know, go to school is they had these tables that they would sit around and have discussion. Well, then all of a sudden, like, you know, three to four years back, um, that started to shut down. And one of the things that I missed the most was being able to talk and be in connection and communication with people who think different. For sure. That's what you need to, to grow and change. And I was amazed at how scared people were to like say, you know, I'm thinking this. Mm-hmm. What about you? Or I'm feeling this. I'm noticing this. I'm seeing this pattern. And it felt like sometimes 
when I would say that or when others would say it, there was almost like a threat in the air. Mm-hmm. And like, it's time for that threat to leave. It's time for those conflicts to leave. It's okay to think different and still totally love is. each other. That's exactly right, Elizabeth. And that's why I think that this is the time for us to start on that path of recovery from that era. You know, we need to, if each of us decides that we're not going to get attached to the storyline of what we're reading or, you know, seeing that we're just open to learning and growing and realizing again that we're kindergartners in a PhD reality. None of us really know the best way likely mm-hmm. here. I mean, some ways are going to obviously work better than others for what's going on at the time, but to be open to discussion on it, because I think different viewpoints are going to come up with something better. Totally. And that's where most inventions and um, shifts in consciousness have come from is like people having conversation and like, have you thought about it this way? I mean, most of yoga came from that. Like it was like different schools of yoga and they would be trying something and then they'd meet each other and they'd be like, hey, when I do this, this happens. What about Mm -hmm. you? And they're like, actually, when we did this, this happened. And that's how... things get polished it's almost like a, a a rough stone being found and then through conversation and connection it it the roughness becomes more smooth because we're able to hold more than one thought one viewpoint one slant one political party one religion Yep. The list goes on and on because I think for so long when I was early doing my healing work I remember recalling a lifetime where I was in like the crusader world wars and I was like huh and I got curious about like wow I was really willing to die for my belief even though my belief wasn't accurate (laughs) I mean yeah it's funny and it's like really like I know. I wasted that incarnation because I was so locked into that belief that I went out and fought and killed others and I got killed too. And yeah. Well, you know what? And if you're doing a reframe, it can be that maybe that lifetime is why you're why you're so not like that in this lifetime because you learned that being like that didn't serve you. So, you know, lifetimes where we're stuck can give way to lifetimes where we're really open minded. I feel. I feel like anytime I've been too stuck in my beliefs, something comes in and just chops it, you know, something happens, you know, where I am forced to see things differently. So I think that's in this lifetime, my whole, my whole thing is being open to something better than what I could think of on my own, something way above how I've looked at things before, way above the way the collective is currently looking at things that, you know, I want to be able to just, I would just want to be able to move into whatever is truly going to be, optimal at the time, even if it's not something that anybody else is thinking about, just to be open to it, open, you know, to that little voice that comes in that drops out of nowhere, our higher self. If it's a stressful voice that comes into the head, then it's likely our personality, you know, trying to push something. But those little voices that we hear that kind of trickle in and give us a give us a message, those are the ones to listen to the most. Yeah. And and usually my experience of that is it's like more of a loving curiosity invitation versus yes. the stressful fear yes. con- conditioning. Um, then it's a, like you said, a, a clue that it's maybe my personality is stuck. My ego's trying to run the show. And for me, it's been a, 
lifelong learning of like, how do I surrender to that higher self, to that higher mind, to that wisdom, discernment, energy um, that can create things that my brain, which is really good at repeating the past, couldn't imagine. Yep. And as, as I get out myself out of the way, like things that I, you know, would never think possible become possible. And that's where we need to be right now to, to really think outside the box. That's how I think our planet humanity is going to shift due to doing just that. Agreed. And it feels like it's time to heal the conflicts, the divisiveness, the old paradigm of war, um, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, on all levels of our being. Totally. So we're going to continue to unpack this, I think. Um, and not that we're going to have all the answers by any means. We're just considering that there might be ways to hold a higher level thinking and feeling state. Totally. And that might bring us great gifts as we continue the conversation on exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Maureen Higgins. At some point, we've probably all felt a little stuck in a rut when it comes to our health, whether it's something physical, digestive, or emotional. This is Dr. Erica Way with Beyond Chiropractic. I'm a holistic practitioner that will take the time to help you transform so you can manifest your optimal life. Don't let unresolved issues hold you back. Come to Beyond Chiropractic in Oakdale and discover the answers your health deserves. Book an appointment today at beyondchiropractic.com. I'm Elizabeth Sullivan, owner of Soma Soul Sovereignty. I teach people to transform and heal their bodies, minds, and spirits and manifest higher consciousness. My hope with Soma Soul Sovereignty is that you open up to the power to heal yourself. We believe the power to heal is within each of us. It supports us coming home to ourselves and our authenticity. The alchemy of Soma Yoga, Ayurveda, energy medicine, and multidimensional healing is a synergistic approach that supports this self-healing state within and around us. It is filled with common sense and a deep understanding of the beauty for life and consciousness. It reminds us that our true divine nature is light aligned with love, and when we orientate toward it, much releases, heals, and transforms. Experience the power and freedom within and ways to support your body, mind, and spirit being unified. Soma Soul Sovereignty, awaken to your light within. For more information, visit elizabethsullivan.love or somasoulsovereignty.com. That's somasoulsovereignty.com. Elizabeth, we are in studio with guest co-host Maureen Higgins, who's an intuitive coach and counselor. She's developed energetic healing courses and classes that are online um, at the School for Higher Consciousness and has energetic healing audios and has worked with people for over 30 years on healing inner and outer conflicts and holding a higher level thinking and feeling state. And so today we're talking about how do we heal those conflictual relationships with those we love, especially coming out of the last few years. And what happens, let's dive into this, Maureen, what happens when 
those we love might have a totally different perspective. How can we talk to people um, when we're each holding different viewpoints? While that used to maybe be the norm, although a lot of life has been lost around people not holding the same belief system, we're moving into a time where that doesn't have to be the case. Well, I think that's a good question. How do you talk to people? Well, you know, what I've been doing lately is I'll just suggest that maybe they're reading different materials, watching different shows than, than let's say myself or others. And that, you know, I'm trying to look at both sides and I think it's interesting to look at both sides and that I'm just kind of looking, I'm hold, I'm hoping for something totally different than the, than the, the sides that are being shown out there. Like I want something different. So that's what I usually say. I'll say, yeah, I can see why you think that based on what you're reading and watching. And I can see why other people would think the other way, but why I'm, I'm open to something that's better than either side can hold right now. Something that's going to help bring our, our individual selves and humanity to a whole new level. So that's, that's typically what I'll say, or I'll just, it, depending on their, the, the, the mindset of the person, I'll say, well, I guess we can agree to disagree because having a different opinion is fine. We don't have to think the same. I like that. And mm -hmm. I, I think more of that needs to come back or return or emerge. I'm not sure if it's coming back, returning or emerging, but, yeah. um, but I, I also think the uh, being stuck in just yes, no, or right, wrong, or two-sidedness has been a very, it's a paradigm that's super outdated. Uh, like you, I, I think there's more than just two sides, right? And how do we start to hold a third point, so to speak, meaning like something beyond this or that, yes or no, right or wrong, uh, and something that supported me uh, and when I remember to use it um, continues to support me is this idea of cause and effect. Like mm -hmm. when I do this, this happens. So if I want this not to happen, whatever this is, yep. how do I remove the cause so the effect goes away? Um, and I learned that in Ayurveda, but I, I definitely have learned that in other places and spaces. And the more I stay out of right, wrong and into cause and effect and that it's okay to make mistakes, like no one's going to die if I get it wrong. Um, but can I learn from my mistakes and can I stay curious and in a space of love instead of judgment, those conflictual conversations go in a different trajectory it, you know and I was just thinking when you're talking about that like what do you do like it's easier if it's like a friend or you know somebody that doesn't live in the house with you so it's right. like well what do you do when let's say your significant other your children are thinking totally different than you which you know happens a fair amount right yeah like how do you coexist where let's say I'm let's I'm just making this up but let's say one person thinks that organic foods doesn't matter. And the other person is like, it makes a big difference. You know, that's the only thing I want to eat, yep. you know, that type of a thing. So what, what do you do as a compromise with those kinds of things? So you really have to start thinking about, you know, how to satisfy both sides so that you, so that you can find a middle point or even with, you know, some people believe that, that EMF waves are dangerous. Some people don't believe they they do anything. Like how do you come to a middle point 
with those kinds of things. You have to find something that's going to be okay for both parties, you know, a compromise of sorts, you know. And so I think that's where it gets where we really where the where we we really get tested is with the ones closest to us, you know, those which we would call like the soul group, those souls that are that we have all our lifetimes with either incarnated together or helping from the other side, the ones that were that, you know, especially those people in our household. So, you know, that's the tricky part. It is the tricky part. And it's, I mean, I know I've encountered that and, um, and I know others who have too. And yes, we all um, have, I think. yeah. And it's like, just cause we may see things or experience it differently because you know, um, our system may or may not be impacted in the same way, although some of those things, I think, impact all of us. Um, but people might have more sensitivity and less sensitivity, so they might be more aware of, like, wow, when I don't eat organic foods, I really feel it, whereas another person, they may or may not feel it to the same level. Um yeah. Or same with the EMFs, right? Like some people really are sensitive to EMFs and some people don't notice a difference, although I still think it impacts them um, or I'm curious about how it impacts them, I guess, uh, is a better way to say it. Um, it's like, how can it does just because we look at that differently, it doesn't mean I don't love that person. Like, oh. um, whereas sometimes I feel like, that can be the interpretation within the house is like, oh, well, we're in conflict, so must mean. Must mean we don't love each other. You know, it's it's true. It's kind of like people think that if they're not on the same page as this, as the other person, then they don't, then they don't get, they don't like each other. Right. Why is that? You know, it's like, why not? If we could view that differently, it's like, okay, let's be curious about why they think that, you know, where are they getting their information, you know, what, what are, where are you getting your information? And, you know, honestly, my feeling is this is, is you kind of look at like, for, for me, if it's something that's a simple thing for me to do to make the other person happy, and it's not going to affect my health and wellness, like, let's say, for example, I'm just making this up. Let's say I let's say I don't believe that EMF waves affect me, but my significant other does. What's the harm of putting like a hedron or some other form of EMF protection up in the house? It's certainly not going to hurt me to do it. Right. You know, as an example, or, you know, if the person really wants organic food, it's certainly not going to hurt me to have that organic food. You know, if it's too expensive, then, you know, then if you can't, if that person, one person can afford it in the house and one can't, then maybe the person who wants the organic has to pitch in a little bit more money or whatever. You know, sometimes you just have to, you know, if it's not going to hurt you to go with the other view and they really feel it, then sometimes I think, well, what, you know, it's a compromise. Yeah. And I think sometimes finding those compromises, uh, if we can deactivate the the conflict and bring in more consciousness and compassion, it helps us not get stuck in our beliefs. Totally. So yeah. So sometimes you you sometimes you can shift to something totally different. Let's say you go to something totally different than what you're both thinking, or. Like you said, maybe the compromise is, okay, well, let's just grow our own garden. Right. <laughs> That'd be fun anyway. We don't have to deal with the food, whether it's organic or not organic. We'll just plant our own food. Maybe that's like an outside the box thing. Or you just compromise on the thing that's going to help make somebody feel more at easy. And it's certainly not going to hurt us. I don't want to do something that's going to hurt me, 
But if it's like a neutral thing, why not just, you know, make that person feel okay right. if, they, if, if we're stuck, if we're stuck in a viewpoint. Right. And I think um, everything has like a risk benefit analysis and, uh, you know, I even think about it the last few years, the whole mantra of safe and effective, right? Well, not every, like, we've been playing or swimming in this idea of safety. And often I think when we're over-concerned with safety, our growth and learning stop because we're afraid oh. to take risks. And when we're over-risk, we can't learn or hold the learning because we don't have enough safety to integrate what we learned. And so, um, you know, nothing is quote unquote, maybe not nothing. I guess I get curious. Is there anything that's safe and effective because we each are different? And if so, how do we stay in a space of discernment? Um, where we can tune in and check into our inner guidance and say, like, is that the right stimulus for me? You know, whether it's a certain food, right? Because for some people, strawberries are really healthy. For other people, they're allergic. And, you know, and for some people, they can eat organic strawberries. And for others, they can't even do that. So a strawberry would seem like something that's safe and effective, <laughs> However, it might not be for everyone. Well, it's true. You do have to look at the individual differences for sure. You know, so that's something that if somebody's, you know, having a hard time with it, with, with something and the other person doesn't, then you just don't buy strawberries for that person. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, I know we're, I know that's a, like a light example, but I do think. No, that, but it's true though, you know. <clears throat> but I do think sometimes an example helps it hit home. Yes, exactly. About how, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just have to go with the individual differences. Sometimes you have to compromise. Sometimes you come out with something way outside the box where it's neither of the person's opinion. You kind of come up with something different. So that's, that's what I would strive for. But, you know, I'm making it sound easier than it is. You know, sometimes it just takes it takes some effort. Maybe those two people that are having the conflict, they've gone through many lifetimes with that same conflict. So this is, you know, it's, it's harder than, than meets the eye because that's something that that person came to work through this is, let's say, I'm just making this up. Let's say it's the fifth lifetime and clearing that issue. You know, it's going to be harder for that person to work it through than than somebody else, you know. So we all have things that are harder to work through than others just because of what we've come to learn and grow in in a lifetime, if that makes any sense. It does. I think I think you're talking to, like, you know, how much karma is there. And karma is neither negative or positive. It's just what is. It's like how, yeah. how many times has that pattern been laid and is that pattern a supportive pattern? And if it's not, then how do we release it so something new can come in? So, yeah, we're in a higher level of thinking and feeling state. Yeah, I think it does take a surrendering, you know, surrendering of sorts, a letting go of, you know, of having beliefs about that topic at all, really being open to something different. I think it's, a lot of it's intention. I think intention is a huge thing. So when you're in conflict with someone and you can bring intention into it, what would that look like? Well, I would say to, you know, first I always recognize, okay, they're obviously looking at things different than I am. I mean, you know, like for example, two people can be at the same event and they can have totally different interpretations of the event. 
You know, the mind doesn't act like a video camera interpreting a black and white dialogue of what's happening. We all have our own lens based on our old experiences, et cetera. And two people could see, see something totally different if they're looking at the same thing. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because of our, you know, our lens and experiences and so forth. So to realize that that person isn't lying necessarily. I mean, maybe, you know, some people lie, but you know what I mean? It doesn't mean you might, you might be talking about two different things because you are seeing it differently through your lens. And if you can realize there's no right or wrong here, they're basing it on their, their old viewpoint and I'm basing it on mine. Then you can start letting go of the, even, you know, you just, okay, well, they're just look, they're just, they're looking at it through a different lens than me. That's just the way it is. And just to be okay with it. Yeah. There's a, a really quick, um, illustration of that is someone said they were looking at a pond and there were 12, 12 koi, koi goldfish in the pond. And the teacher said, how many, how many ponds are there? And the student said one. And the teacher said, no, there's 12. <laughs> right? Because there's 12 fish in that pond. So that pond is a different experience for each of those fish. And I think if we can okay. remember that, that supports um, staying in better connection and working through conflict with greater skill and ease. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, keeping in mind that we, we, we don't, it's not a black and white world. There's not, you know, it may seem black, black and white to us, but it's not, we're all doing the best we can to understand life as we see it and know it. And, and we just have to be accepting of each other and do the best we can to love and support each other. It's all about love. When we die, we're not going to care about any of a lot of the stuff we care about right now. We're going to just think about the people we love and, you know, what we experienced with them and, and I always remind myself of that. You know, what am I, what's going to be important when I leave this planet? It's not going to be how much money I make. It's not going to be if I'm right all the time. It's not going to be about most things that, I, that, I, that seemingly are important right now. It's going to be about how much I love that person or people and how, what a great experience I had with them. That's what I want to keep remembering. That's a beautiful call to action and invitation for all of us. And if people want to learn more about the School for Higher Consciousness, can you give us that website? Schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. And make sure it's the F-O-R, right? Yes. School. So school and then F-O-R, um, higherconsciousness.com. Yes. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Maureen Higgins. And we wish each and all of all of us greater harmony and greater love as we look at ways that we can become more sovereign, connected, and free. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth.